Oh, another night without playoff baseball, but that'll change tomorrow. NLCS game one between the Dodgers and the Brewers. And then on Saturday, everybody will be in action. Astros, Red Sox get going in the ALCS, and it'll be game two uh, for the Brewers and the Dodgers. And with that, we bring on Danny Nobler of Bleacher Report uh, here in the Sports Zone. Danny, how are you tonight? Good, P. I was just thinking, yeah, it's funny. It's raining outside, and now that... Uh... Baseball season's over here in New York. We don't worry about whether it's raining or not, do we? Well, the Giants do, but uh, but yes, baseball-wise, it is just fine not uh, pouring over the radar any longer after uh, the Yankees get knocked out. I guess let's start with the Yankees, and they're the reason we don't have any baseball for a second straight night tonight. We're unable to rally up to get to Game 5. It's so much made of the Yankees' approach and that uh, they're too home-run reliant. What do you make of if the, the Yankees have to change some of their philosophy? Uh, you know, I don't think they have to have a drastic change. They, uh, uh, You know, there's nothing wrong with hitting home runs, obviously. And we've seen during these playoffs, teams are winning a lot of games by hitting home runs. When they're going up against the Red Sox, and as Aaron Boone said after the game the other night when they got eliminated, you know, they're chasing greatness. They're, you know, they won 100 games. They're not a bad team. They're a really good team. But to be a great team, you wonder if – maybe to at least to have another way to score a few runs. Not that they can't score without home runs, but they score mostly with home runs. And that's not a bad strategy in their stadium, not a bad strategy in 2018 going into 2019 baseball. But the Red Sox did have a few more ways to score than the Yankees did. That's not the only reason they won, but it certainly helped. Yeah, I, I just notice, and this goes really across the whole sport it's just situationally you don't see guys really change they have the same approach no matter what's going on for instance when it's first and second nobody out and you're down three sure John Carlos Stanton is that game tying run and he could do it with one swing of the bat but you, you kind of want to keep the line moving in that situation it seems like some guys just don't have a another way to go about things at the plate right well here here's an example you know, you go a whole year now, and you barely see any team play hit and run at all. And I understand that totally. There's a lot of things against playing it in most situations, the way baseball's played right now. But in certain situations, it can be helpful. The Red Sox in both games three and four tried it one time each, both with Christian Vasquez up, who's not a big-time hitter. The first night, it worked, and it was a big part of that. Or not a big part, but it was part of that fourth inning rally, uh, which also obviously a big part was Aaron Boone not going to the bullpen, but it was part of that rally. In the next night, he fouled the ball off, and that was what they tried. It doesn't always work, but it did help them in in one situation. It didn't win the game for them by itself, but the Red Sox taking going first to third more often, uh, stealing a base once in a while. They did have other ways to do things and and to score runs, those 16 runs they scored that uh, in Game 3 until the home run off Austin Romine, the Brock Holt home run, they scored 14 without a home run. And, uh, you know, that's they, – they obviously, J.D. Martinez had a lot of home runs this year. Mookie Betts had a lot of home runs this year. They're capable of hitting home runs just like every other team in baseball now is. 
but they are also capable of doing other things. Yeah, and you did see that as a difference, and the Yankees unable to really take advantage of their bullpen uh, in the way that they needed to, and so uh, the Yanks are done here, and we're left with the Red Sox-Astros in the American League as we chat again with Danny Nobler of Bleacher Report. So with the with this series, I and mean, these are the two teams that won the most in the American League, a 103-win Astros team, the defending champs, the Red Sox have won 108 and it feels like everybody's trying to position themselves as the underdog going into this series. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that either of these teams counts as an underdog right now. One of them is defending World Series champ. One of them won 108 games. They're both, you know, a lot of they faced each other in the playoffs last year. Uh, obviously, the Astros got by the Red Sox that time in, in kind of a series like what the Red Sox and Yankees played, a series that went four games and at times kind of felt close, but really in the end wasn't. Uh, but the Red Sox got better certainly after last year, adding J.D. Martinez. And even this year, you know, we'll see what the impact is going forward. But in this round, the impact is getting Nathan Evaldi even uh, during the season. Uh, the Astros, no question they got better. They got better during last year when they added Justin Verlander, but they got better over the winter when they added Garrett Cole, who's their number two starter right now in a lot of ways. They could be a better team than they were last year. There's other things that maybe go the other way. Carlos Correa, I know there's some questions about his back. He hasn't been as big an impact guy. But they're really, really good. Both these teams, you talk about chasing greatness, these two teams are right on the way towards greatness. Uh, When you win a World Series and get back to the ALCS the next year, in the case of the Astros, when you win 108 games, win back-to-back AL East Division titles, in the case of the Red Sox, we're seeing... Uh, as close to greatness as baseball gets right now, uh, the, even though the National League teams aren't bad, I think these right now, you a good argument can be made that they're the two best teams yeah, in the this, sport this year. This is the class uh, here in the American League and, and a fun matchup. And you figure the Astros, the Red Sox, the Yankees, uh, these three teams are going to be facing each other in some big playoff series quite a bit coming up. You know, we noticed the Yankees and the Red Sox, as much as there's history there and the fan bases don't love each other, um, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of dislike between these two teams, though that started to grow as the series went along a little bit and uh, whether the Red Sox were bothered or not by Aaron Judge's boombox uh, belting out New York, New York uh, there at Fenway Park. Uh, how about the Astros and the Red Sox? Is there any reason for there to be some dislike uh, between these two squads? Well, none. I mean, in fact, Alex Cora was the bench coach when they won the World Series last year. And and learned a lot and was very excited about working with A.J. Hinch uh, during that time. So when you have two managers who work together, we've had that sometimes before, but when you have that, it's hard to then feel like there's going to be a, a, a lot of animosity between the two teams. And there wasn't really any that came out of the playoff series they played last year. I think you're absolutely right that going forward, potentially these two, and especially the Yankees and Red Sox again, given the, not only the history of the rivalry, but that both teams are really good, that they met in the playoffs this year, and that going into next year, you know, we'll see what happens over the winter in terms of moves and, mm-hmm. and things. But you, certainly with the young talent on both those teams, you have to figure there's going to be a lot of pennant races between those two teams and potentially more playoff series between them. So there's, there's room for that animosity to grow, although you're right, at the moment, it's nowhere near the level it was, say, in the 70s or in the uh, in a decade ago, a decade and a half ago, 304 when they played. 
not not among the players, and I don't even think really among the fan base. There there were a few of the uh, well, we'll say Boston stinks chants the other mm-hmm. day. There were certainly a few of those uh, Yankee stick chants, uh, even when the Mets were in Boston uh, the end of the season. But the, the, there's not a player on the Yankee team that gets the Red Sox fans ire really up. And same thing on the you, – you heard in the introductions the other night before game three yeah. at the stadium, the, the, the only real reaction to the Red Sox uh, being introduced was the, the funny cheers for David Price for having a bad game in game two. But the, there, there was you know, a few boos for Pedroia, but, of course, he wasn't even on the active roster. No, uh, there's no – no David Ortiz like there was. There's no A-Rod on the other side. We miss those villains. And one guy I, I kind of see stepping into that role a little bit, and I'm, I'm sure he's beloved where he plays, but what about Alex Bregman? He's willing to go out on a uh, on a limb once in a while. Absolutely. No, he, he's a fun player, but no question, if you're on the other side, you could definitely not like uh, that he's so brash. And, and that's great. I mean, it's great for the game. But, yeah. I don't know if at this point the Astros have a real rival. The Rangers would be if the Rangers were good right now. Uh, but the, the Rangers are in a little bit of a rebuilding mode, and it's, it's hard to say that. I don't know that any team out there just hates the Astros. Uh, but if there were, they would probably hate Bregman. I, I agree with you on that. We're talking again with Danny Nobler at Bleacher Report right now. Uh, as far as the National League goes, uh, Brewers and Dodgers, it, it, there's differences between these two teams. The Brewers, uh, they haven't been in this spot in a long time. Meanwhile, the Dodgers, they seem to be here every year. Uh, so, you know, for this Dodger team especially, I would think anything less than a World Series title is disappointment. Uh, how are they handling that? Oh, I think that's absolutely true. I, I think at the the, when the year started and they had the injuries they did, uh, the big one uh, this year being Justin Turner breaking his hand right at the end of spring training and missing the start of the year, and then when he came back not being the same guy, I think there was a little feeling, okay, well, we, maybe this is the year that it, you know, it goes a little step, a half step back, and then they go for it you know, into the future. But then they started playing better. The division opened up for them. They make the trade for Manny Machado, who's a rental player, but a really, really big-time star. And Walker Bueller came on the way he did. Turner came back and became – I think they started thinking, yeah, this is – the National League's opening up for us. They have no reason to think that they can't be the best team in the National League. And, and once they get to the World Series, if they do, they're going to feel like they got to win it. And, and, you know – we talk about teams going a long time without winning and you know, every team has their own thing. And for, but for the Dodgers, that idea that they haven't won it since 1988, since that Kirk Gibson year. I mean, you know, think about Mets fans winning the world series in 86 or 88. We're only talking two two years sooner. Mm -hmm. It does feel like a long time. It is a long time. And uh, you know, the same way you might hear from Mets players that they get tired of just seeing, you know, the, the highlights of, of 86 and the 86 players. Well, believe me, Dodger players have felt the same way for a long time about seeing Kirk Gibson's home run. And they would love to have something new where there's another championship. And you're right. There's going to be a feeling like they they are supposed to win. And And one of the things that made the playoffs this year fun is you had a lot of teams – in that situation, 
the the Yankees, whether we think they had a real reason to feel that way or not, came into the season and, and definitely even into the playoffs thinking they were supposed to win. Absolutely, the Red Sox thought that way, and even more so after winning 108. After winning it last year and getting better, the Astros, no question, felt that way. Maybe not the Brewers, but now that they're there, I'm sure, and they played great, I'm sure they're thinking, why not? Sure. Hey, you talk about the the mindset of the Dodgers. I mean, it, it feeds right into Clayton Kershaw as well, right? Where he throws eight scoreless against the Braves, and it's like, well, that's nice. But until this guy throws a shutout game seven, it's still going to be well, postseason. He's no Bumgarner. Well, and, and also, you know, he's been there through this time, and he's part of that they haven't won since '88. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been there in playoffs. You know, the Dodgers. Well, they haven't won since 88. They've been in a lot of division series and championship series where they thought they could have won, and they didn't. And Kershaw's part of that, and he's got the opt-out to the contract at the end of this year, which we don't know what's going to end up happening with that. But there's always the thought, is this the last go-around? I think you're absolutely right. There's some pressure on him. And it does. it's part of the interesting part of this series, this NLCS, that – when we talk about the Brewers, we don't talk about any starting pitchers. When we yeah, talk well, about the Dodgers, we sure do. And we talk about not just Kershaw, but we talk about Walker Bueller, the the kid coming up mm-hmm. being maybe the the next Kershaw for them. And we talk about even Yin Jin Ryu, who's really been good going down the stretch. Uh, but yeah, I, I would say Kershaw is, you know, Puig's a huge name there. Justin Turner's a big, big name. But Kershaw's as big as it gets in terms of the pressure the Dodgers have been under to try to win. No doubt. Danny Nobler, always a pleasure, sir. Thanks so much for the time tonight. Be great talking to you.